not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. Brain Trust, it is so exciting to be with you as always. I really mean that. I remain excited as I was the first day, otherwise I wouldn't do it. It maybe does explain some of the gaps that happen between episodes, and that's also uh, a factor that my level of excitement. Not true. I just have to live my life. I got to do me. You know, it's a very big phrase to say, do you. So no one's saying that to me, so I got to say to myself, do me. And then that's why I do it. I know I just get busy. You know that. Don't be mad at me. Please. I'm sorry. I promised you that I'd be back as much as possible, and I'm keeping true to that. And this is the bonus episode I promised you this week. This is not the main episode. Don't worry. There will be another episode in just two days after you hear this episode. So we're giving you two in one week, just so you know, okay, that I love you and I care about you, Brain Trust. Okay? So don't 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 cry for me, Argentina. Truth is, I never left you. Through my wild days, my mad existence, I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. I apologize to everybody that's listened to this podcast for years, but I shouldn't because in the past I've been uncomfortable by, about my own singing. And then you write me on Twitter and you say, we love when you sing on the podcast. It's weird. And we enjoy it. And it made me feel better about myself. But because of the gaps, I forget your undying support, your unjudgmental support of me. And that means so much. So if you hear any background noise, I apologize. I have friends over um, because I'm recording the intro to this bonus and it's just a bonus. So get off my back. My God. And also the fact that um, that uh, that my guest who's here just to say a few words to us in a minute about her amazing charity. I had to have her on the podcast to discuss what, what cool work she does. Um, we're here. I Traffic in L.A. is very bad. She's in town from New York and got here a little later than we all hoped. And, and I have a pool party beginning in my backyard. And so everybody's out there eating Mediterranean food and drinking champagne. And I'm squeezing in the intro to this here podcast. Um, so it's pretty great um, to be with you. And do you mind unlocking your phone? I'm shooting video of this on my phone so I can't get on Twitter to read the Twitter answers I'm about to on your phone. Got it? Nice. Very, very hard to crack code there. That one number four times in a row. Well done. Um, so I'm going to just quickly now um, do the Twitter answers. I tweeted out the special one where I asked all of you for the first time, I think, in seven years to ask me a question. It might be the second time, but I don't think so. Because normally I ask you a question and read my favorite answers. But I decided, what the hell, let's do it a little different this one time. Um, and uh, share some facts about myself. And then I will bring Adina on to share some amazing things. And then 
We'll be playing a We the People audio for you from our political conversation last week, which you can listen to if you like those, and if you don't, then skip it. This is not communist uh, China. This is not Russia where the elections of the outcomes of elections are predetermined. We have you have freedom here. You do whatever you want to do. Unless Russia's stopping that. I haven't checked in recently as to where we are. But um anyway, I digress. So um, oh, by the way, just one other anecdote before I even answer the questions. At this pool party, just really just my friend Matt's in town, my dear friend from my, from my Israel trip, Matt McCarr, amazing documentary filmmaker. And so I invited some of our friends over for that, for that case to celebrate him. And we're about to swim, and we have some food. And then Maxine Lapidus, the famed TV writer, stand-up comic back in the day, but amazing writer on the original Roseanne, a bunch of shows, such an amazing human, collects Hollywood memorabilia. She has Sammy Davis Jr.'s drum kit. And she comes in with a briefcase that she got at Jerry Lewis's estate sale and gifted me this beautiful Mike Cross or David Cross, some kind of cross, this famous brand of suitcase of briefcase owned by Jerry Lewis. And it's beautiful and the pockets inside are impeccable. And I close it and it closes perfectly and I move the lock numbers and it locks. <laughs> and we don't have the lock number. So in Classic Jerry Lewis uh, fashion. I am locked out of the briefcase and will never get back in. Um, unless I've, Can somebody pick those? Can I change the lock? I don't know. Anyway, I asked you all to ask me any question you want, and here are some of the questions that you asked. What was the first joke you ever told? I don't know. I feel like a lot of comedians don't like to think of them as jokes. They're bits, they're premises, they're setups. So I can't think of like a straight-up joke I told, um, but I do remember a joke that I enjoyed very much um, telling as a kid, um, and, uh, it was a too dirty of a joke, honestly, for a child, but I'll say it anyway. Um, this man is walking through the desert on a camel and he's stuck. He's just trying to get to his next town. And he's there for months and months and he's thirsty and he's honestly, he's a man. He's a, he's a human being. He's got a sex drive and he's horny. And, um, eventually he can't help it anymore. He's, he's going to have to go for the camel. And he gets off the camel and gets behind the camel and drops his shorts. And the camel runs 20 feet away from him. He doesn't want any part of that. The guy catches up to the camel, drops his pants again. The camel runs away again. This continues for hours, for days. This camel does not want it. No part of this business. And then in the distance, the man sees this beautiful woman about to be killed with a huge sword by this sheik. And he runs over there and he saves her. Saves the day and gets her out of there. And she's so appreciative and she says, I can't thank you enough for what you're saving my life. I will do anything for you. He goes, anything? She goes, anything. He goes, would you hold my camel down? He just really doesn't, he keeps running away from me. So, you know, people have their own tastes. That's the point of that. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes. Okay. Um, are you a sports fan of so what teams? The Dodgers says Paul Hickwin, our constant uh, debate about Trump on Twitter. PearBear91, by the way, was the one that um, asked about the first joke I ever told. Where do I see myself in 10 years? Um, 10 years older, for sure. Um, I'll be 50, and I will be hosting a late-night talk show on television. Has the interaction outside of Chicago after your show made you any more nervous? Your friend, Daniela, wants to call you so bad she keeps calling in. <laughs> sister <laughs> your sister fair enough um uh many more nervous about meeting with people or do you view it as an isolated incident and not something you think about after sets 
I haven't done any road sets since then. So I can't comment about how it will feel. I'm sure it'll feel, feel fine. It's no big deal. Um, but it's definitely going to be in my head. I'm not going to shy away from talking about anything. In fact, it's given me more fire to talk about politics and challenge the order. But yeah, it'll make me a little bit more eyes open, I guess, which is a shame. But what can you do? Um, you got to talk truth to power in times of of strife and times of danger in a nation and someone's personal life. You have to always step up when the going gets tough and it's a tough time for our country. And so we got to do it. You know, um, I don't know if America is filled with sheep, but we're certainly in a bad place. I'm so sorry. That should have been the first joke I ever told. It's the joke of a two year old. It's a very stupid, stupid joke. Is there, Kelly Kiefer asks, is there anything you've always wanted to do an instrument you wanted to learn or place you wanted to go? You thought about your whole life, but haven't gotten around to. Yeah, I always wanted to play guitar and piano. I have both. I don't play either. Um, I'm trying to learn guitar again for the fourth time. I always can't make the time for it, but I'd love to especially learn guitar. It'd be great for my act and for comedy. Um, and um, always wanted to go to Japan, Australia, South America, anywhere, especially Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, where my dad went to high school. I'd love to go to Eastern Europe. I'd love to go back to Western Europe, too. That's not, not your question at all, but good, very good question. Um, somebody asks me, what do you think of Donald Trump being called an apex predator a la T-Rex? And would you ever invite him to dinner, even if he displayed bad table manners, but talking, like talking with his food in his mouth and saying inappropriate, boorish things the whole time? Well, that would be expected, I think, with him. But if I did, I would, just so I could have a real talking to with the guy. Also, it would be quite fascinating to just witness the way he puts down cheeseburger after cheeseburger and Diet Coke after Diet Coke. I would love it. So sure, why not? What was my favorite episode of Idiot Test when it was filming? It would have to be my ex-girlfriend's episode. Having four of the of you know the closest people to me come on and compete and share personal stories, it was just an insane mixture of my love of my life, which was the game show at the time, like just entertaining people, hosting TV shows, and then the loves of my life and and having that unfold on TV. And it was the last episode I ever shot of Idiot Test, crazily, so definitely that one. The show's back on the air, uh, 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. every weeknight on GSN, or if you have DirecTV on the West Coast, 11 p.m. to midnight. So check that out. Um, Chris Haas asks, who is Chris Haas? And I'm going to reveal the secret now, once and for all. Nobody knows. Kaja Kalmus, our old friend Kaja Kicks, and I know you're saying your name wrong, as I always do, over the course of seven years. I'm moving to the USA next year. Well, I love it or hate it. You're moving here. Amazing. I love that. You're going to love it. Despite all of our warts, as Obama says, we are still a great country. Despite our orange demon of a leader who spews hatred and just orange, orangeness on everywhere, fire, orange fire out of his mouth, we're a good place to live and we're always getting better, which is one of the great things of this country. Um, a few last questions and then I bring on Adina. Um, if you had to live in another city for a whole year while working on a show or something, where would you want to go and why? Probably New York. I'd love to be there all the way straight through. I love it when I get to go there for the Today Show or whatever. Um, love it there. But also Amsterdam would be pretty awesome. Also Paris. Also Tel Aviv. Those are some answers for you. All great cities. Matt Dave at Smodum MD. How does it feel to be a crossword puzzle answer? And he shows the crossword puzzle. It says idiot test host Ben three across. Oh, it's 57 across. Same idea. Ah, uh, feels great. Uh, what is it like? Did you make the crossword puzzle though? I know it was in a New York Times online one once. It's cool. It actually feels really nice because you feel like you're a little bit resonating that somebody might have. It's considered somewhat common knowledge that who you are. That's not terrible. 
Apple Bottomista, Bottomista says, do you believe in life after love? Uh, I guess I, I can feel there's something inside myself. I really can't say it strong enough. Oh, oh. do you believe in life after love? I'll just ask that to you. Um, someone's at my door, another attendee of this pool party. Don't worry, we're going to be rejoining it soon. Greg Daniels, 1916. How does Trump, in the traditional sense, alienate veterans and evangelicals, yet seemingly keep their support? It's a sad time where we've become just cynical and only care about the political gain of the moment and being able to win political positions and get legislation passed regardless of putting our values and morals to the wayside. And to me, it has to be the exact opposite. The country has to have a moral base before you could ever entertain a particular political agenda. And that's to me why Trump is such an existential threat and why he has to be stopped. Um, and the last one, Rose Lisenberg, very appropriately, his last one says, sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe. Crazily. You'll see why it's crazy in a moment. But um, I go sock, sock. And then the shoes, who on earth would do one sock and then a shoe and then another sock and then a shoe? It's just very topsy-turvy. But, you know, they say you, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. I don't. I go two legs at once. I lean back on the bed, legs in the air, pop them on, hop around a bit, buckle, and you're done. So that's that. Um, we're going to get in a minute to we the people, like I said. But I have to introduce a very special person to you guys who I met in New York at the Forbes Impact Conference. Adina, I don't even know your last name because I just thought you'd use this cool person doing an amazing thing in the world. What's your last name? Um, well, it depends on how you want to pronounce it. It could be Lichtman. Okay. But I just tell people Lichtman. <laughs> you said the same way twice right there, I think. Well, one has a... Adina Lichtman or Lichtman? Yeah, Lichtman. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You might want to go closer to your mouth still. I would hold it like sure. right up there. Like, see how yeah, close yeah. I am? We got, yep. Perfect. Making out with it. There you Yeah, basically. <laughs> Why not? Listen, if it's good for a camel, it's good for an inanimate object. <laughs> exactly. That's what I've always said on, for the first time now. <laughs> so uh, please tell us about this charity organization that you began because it's so cool. And tell us the name of it. It's called Knock Knock Give a Sock. How crazy that the last Twitter answer was about socks. Knock, knock, give a sock. Obviously, this is a charity. You can tell clearly by the title where you tell knock, knock jokes to sock puppets. Oh, that's what we do all day. And what a noble cause. <laughs> In tell us what spare it, time. <laughs> tell us what it really is. Um, so cool. So Knock, Knock, Give a Sock is an organization dedicated to collecting socks for those need while working to humanize homelessness. So essentially what we do is we get different companies all over to host sock drives and collect socks for us. Big companies, small companies. Big companies. We got WeWork, we got Facebook, we got JP Morgan. But then after they do a sock drive and they collect all these socks, I say, thank you so much for collecting all these socks. But one thing we'd like to offer you is the opportunity to meet the recipients of these sock donations. So we create dinners where we bring together 50 employees from a company and 50 people who are experiencing homelessness to have dinner side by side. That is so cool. Like what um, an amazing idea. Where did the idea come from? The idea came from what, when originally it was just for socks and in- that's the item needed the most that's donated yeah. the least. I think you told me when we met, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most needed, but exactly. But least donate article of clothing. But in college, I kind of became this like poster girl for this girl who created so much change, you know. And I was like, I collected fifty thousand pairs of socks. Like I didn't. That was what you did in college. Anything. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, but it bothered me, so I was like, you know what? If I want to create change, why don't I bring fifty of my college classmates who help me collect socks, and fifty people who are receiving these socks for dinner side by side? 
And what happened next was we had moms who had three kids who couldn't afford childcare. We there, we had guys who gotten out of the prison system who couldn't get jobs afterwards, people working minimum wage jobs. And all these college students were saying, Adina, we can't tell who's homeless and who's not. Wow. Adina, they're not really homeless. Like we know homeless. This isn't real homelessness. I'm like, do they have a home? Right. You always think it's the super dirty guy with baggy clothes who's talking to himself. And there's a wide range of, of people experiencing this place. They're just not the ones that are in your face about it. Yeah. And it's actually street. And that's what we call street homelessness. And that's actually only 5% of homelessness in New York city. I can't speak for every city, but in New York city. So what's the rest of its cars? They're in cars, motels, homeless shelters, and bouncing from place to place. subways. Wow. I had a friend that used to stay on our couch for a long time and he would almost be qualified for that because it was so long that he just did. He was crashing on our couch. But he's fine now. He's married. He's got kids. He turned his life around. It's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, probably like months on our couch. Yeah. I think that would count, actually. Now well, that I think about so it. it's interesting. So our whole thing is that when it comes to people coming from different socioeconomic backgrounds, and I could say personally in my life that I grew up in, I never knew somebody who became homeless from my community. Why? Because we have friends who we can crash on until we get it together. Mm-hmm. But if you're not from a certain socioeconomic background where you actually do have that extra couch, you do like there are so many people who don't have relationships with other people in their life who can put down, you know, for one extra person at their mm-hmm. table. Amazing. And so how long have you been doing this now? Um, I started full time in September. Um, but since I was a senior in college and then one year of grad school, so about Three years now. Four Incredible. Years. And what what are some of the things you hear people from the company side say after those dinners? Like, so it's actually interesting. So when we send out surveys afterwards, like, what was your experience like? What happened? Um, instead of people filling out surveys, because who fills out surveys ever? Right. I get, hey, can I get Crystal's number? I want to go to a comedy show with her. Or hey, oh, wow, can I can you give me the shelter director's number? I want to teach a computer coding class. Amazing. So people get to learn on their own. And the other thing I also say is it, it changes the way you think. So, for example, if you're from a certain community and the council member's running and talking about free childcare, but it doesn't, it's not relevant to you. So, why would you think about voting that way? But all of a sudden, you sat next to Stacy at dinner, and maybe Stacy mm-hmm. needs free childcare because she spoke to you all about her three kids and how she can't get a job. So then they advocate for that position now because it's been humanized for them. Yeah, and just in, in general, and so such a brilliant idea for a organization because it just it just i I mean you've basically said it but you it just puts a a human face on homelessness you think it's somebody that's beyond reproach beyond reach beyond salvation and it's not it's people that are just can with a few somewhat easy moves some donations some charity some love can get their life back on track and end the cycle of homelessness like a charity i've always supported for a long time is la family housing that is trying to end homelessness in los angeles and they help families find temporary and then permanent housing and they're really you know trying to make a dent but it's hard and numbers in some ways growing because in la but i think it really what's so beautiful about your organization is it 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 puts i think changing the the way people see human issues is really the most important first step because people will feel bad sometimes and give a little bit of money but then the problem doesn't get changed we might as a society one day start carrying on a more systemic ground floor level and really work to change it because we're friends with some homeless people because we really know it. Right. And that's really, that's really our main goal. I mean, we had someone 
who at our meet your neighbors dinner who worked at you know who worked at Bloomberg who sat na- next to someone who cleaned the street outside Bloomberg every day and then they kept in touch and they got lunch and that's what we're looking for for these people who you'd never come in contact with to become relevant in your life the way you vote the way you create change the way especially when it comes to homelessness the way people give today is so transactional you know let me put money in mm-hmm. a box let me put food on a plate let me you don't see the people something. you don't see the impact and and people are scared to i mean i i ask people okay you just gave a dollar but did you look that guy in the eye did you ask him his name did you ask how he was doing i mean we talk about the caste system being a crazy concept but we have a caste system here yeah. like the untouchables i'll give a f- hug to my friend who's homeless and my friends will be like you're gonna go shower now right mm-hmm. and I just turned back and like, when was that the last time that person got a hug? True that. But I mean, the showering thing is an issue because uh, you're then aware that you're now dirty and you have to find a shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the only problem with it. Like, I'm all in favor of giving them socks, having a conversation, have a meal, let's sit down. But I'm not even giving out hugs <laughs> unless we've had a, a fresh shower. Which actually, um, my friend Carmel has a charity organization that she's been donating her time with here in LA also. I don't remember the exact name of it. I wish I did. Showers of Hope is the name. And they give showers to homeless people, and then they can also like use the facilities there, and then they can help them with other things, but they get a clean shower first. I should just walk around with that truck next to me. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> It'd be so good. Um, how can people get involved? How can they follow you or your, or your organization or both on online, everything? Um, so a few ways. One, we have an Instagram, Knock Knock Give a Sock. You can follow us on Facebook. Um, also, Knock Knock Give a Sock with spaces there. Um, just spaces, not underscores. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then we have kkgs.org or not going to give a sock.org. Um, KKGS or KKGAS? KKGS. KKGS. Because it looked funny. KKGAS. Okay. Yeah, you know? true, true, true. KKGS.org. Um, and the one thing that I want to say is we don't advertise so much about these meet your neighbors dinners that we've mm-hmm. been speaking about. The reason behind that is when we partner with a company, if they were to see our website filled with like these meet your neighbors experiences, they might not be as inclined to build that, build that first step of the relationship sure. with a sock drive. Um, but definitely, and they don't have to do that part. It's just very helpful to give socks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people can just get involved in the sock aspect, but yeah. So if you're like, wait, what is this? I don't see anything about the dinners on the website. Um, do a sock drive first and then you'll learn more. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing about the cool thing that you're doing with everybody and thanks for doing it more importantly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And, uh, now I'm just going to kick it, uh, to me. Uh, recorded uh, two weeks ago at the Hollywood Improv, a, another We the People, an amazing one again. We talked about the main issues of Alex Jones being banned and free speech issues one year after Charlottesville and the white supremacy movement and Trump's comments on it. And again, and of course, we, I mean, we also talked about climate change. And of course, while the whole, well, all of California's on fire and Greece is on fire and the world's burning down, um, and we always, uh, of course, as we do, have two from the left and two from the right. And me moderating it, trying to find some kind of common ground and compromise on each issue. And I won't tell you who the comedians and entertainers and talk show hosts are on the show because I'm about to do that in that recording. And our time is precious, you guys. I'm not going to say it twice. Also, I'd like to make clear I'm not going to say it twice because our time is precious. So I I would never repeat myself. Never. Never. Never, 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 never. Anyway, uh, me, take it away. Welcome, everybody, to We the People. Thank you for being here. Great to have you. 
It has been quite a month since we last met. Every time it seems like it can't get any crazier, and then it does. Seemingly exponentially. How about this, for starters? The world is on fire. Greece is on fire. It is literally a grease fire. <laughs> and the largest wildfires we have ever had here in California are currently happening. By the end of the show, it's a good chance this building will be on fire. But do not worry, even if it is, I will not shout that. Because you cannot shout fire in a crowded building. That is one of the limits on free speech. Another one, apparently, is making up stories about child sex rings and telling people that school shootings didn't actually happen. Because this week, the always very angry Alex Jones was taken off of Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. And you have to be a real asshole to not be allowed on YouTube. That really is, tells you something about the person. He will have to exist now. The only place people like him are still welcome in the comments on YouTube. <laughs> but it brings up a question of where is the line between free speech and hate speech? But even hate speech, while not allowed on social media, apparently is allowed, very much allowed in public. So that's heartwarming news for people whose hearts are filled with hate. I guess hate is cold, and now they're cold. Hate is slightly warmer. That's nice. Bit of, I mean, maybe even that itself is more evidence of global warming. Even the cold, hate-filled hearts are getting a little hotter these days. <laughs> we, we just had the one-year anniversary of the neo-Nazis and white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, a.k.a. a gathering of very fine people. <laughs> and they gathered in D.C. this year, it seems, uh, downsizing a bit. Not many people showed up on the racist side, which means less marching and less tiki torches burning. Perhaps a generous attempt from the Nazis to do their part to stop climate change. I think that's sweet. But then the very next day, Omarosa came out with a book saying that she has proof the president is racist. So, that's lovely. I guess there's no need for racist rallies in front of the White House when they take place inside. <laughs> of course, inside is a very good choice on account of all the heat outside. And by the way, for the record, I am not calling the president racist. I would never do that. I, I, I will leave that determination to the people who know him best. You just get that? He's saying he's racist still. <laughs> the only silver lining from this last month in our history is that finally, finally, we got to a place where Drake dropped a new album. <laughs> These three topics, Charlottesville, climate change, and Alex Jones will be, Alex Jones and Alex Jones will be our focus tonight, and hopefully this will be the last time anybody this evening mentions Drake. So, let us meet our panel of very fine Americans once more, on the left, she is an internationally touring comedian and TV writer who's worked on MTV, Fuse, and True TV, where she is currently a staff writer for their hit show, Comedy Knockout. Please welcome Lisa Curry, everybody. Yes. Our next American hails all the way from Chicago and has been featured on... Yeah, there you go. Southside. All right. Very violent over there. Uh, Chicago's Southside has been featured on ABC's... Good morning, America, and the viral video, Pope Daddy. Please welcome former Sheriff Robert Hines. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here. And on the right, he is a writer and comedian who's a regular at the world-famous Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. Please welcome Jeffrey Mark Klein, everybody. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. Here you are. 
and a returning uh, veteran of our show and a veteran of three American military conflicts in Kuwait, Bosnia, and Iraq, and has been a talk radio host for more than 10 years, including his, including his current show on KFI. Please welcome back Brian Suits, everybody. Before, Brian, hello. It's great to have you. Hello, Ben. You have a microphone in your lap, but you don't, I mean, you don't have to use it if you don't want. I, I misread the room. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, None of my comps. We also podcast the audio, so I want to make sure you're equally amplified. None of my comps showed up so far, so. <laughs> Is that how you know the room's on your side if you actually brought them? Oh, no, they didn't show up. <laughs> um, all right, we like to kick things off here in the show before getting to the more intense topics with a, a fun little game we call Can We, call Can we All Agree? Hopefully it's a non-controversial topic we can all agree on, so let's try it. Can we all agree that airport security measures should be strong enough that a baggage handler shouldn't be able to steal a plane and go stunt flying? Panel. Right. If you have, if you don't have a misdemeanor and you're a baggage handler, there, there's something wrong. You cannot get people to work on a ramp for misdemeanor or less. You, you, you do not believe we should strengthen that security at all? No, that guy had been there for 10 years. All oh, right. So he yeah, one he day have, he, uh, what like it? All right, we lift, we, we we drop the curtain at year nine and twelve months. You can go ahead and have access to the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. How about you? Um, I think it was a long time. Like he got this job ten years ago to steal. Slowly <laughs> planning his day. <laughs> Fair enough. Lisa. I think he's a fucking hero. A hero? He's a martyr. Bypass. All that security and just took the plane. Like, I, if I had any knowledge of flying a plane, I would have done that years ago. <laughs> he, said he, he said he learned it just from video games, which That's is the most incredible part. I'm picking up video games. Yeah. yeah. Robert. Uh, I know he wasn't black. That's what I can tell you. I know damn well he went black because even if you do work for an airline, you get your black ass too close to the cockpit. Them people coming. You understand? <laughs> That's what I know for sure. I'm pretty sure you're confusing blacks and Muslims. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for that Muslims become the new black people, but no. Didn't happen. Once Barack Obama became president, white folks was like, nope, that's too much. Where's Donald Trump? <laughs> we just started hating both groups. Absolutely. Okay. But not start, just kept hating. Kept hating both groups. All right, fair enough. So we don't agree on that at all. That's good news. Uh, let's go to our first larger topic free speech versus hate speech. Last week, Alex Jones lost a huge part of his online platform for the news show InfoWars, which is not actually a news show at all, but more of a bunch of batshit crazy made-up stuff. <laughs> YouTube, Spotify, and Apple all removed him from their sites. Even Pornhub stopped sponsoring his show. Do you know what kind of vile things you have to do for a porn site to go? That is gross. <laughs> Too far. If, if, if you are not familiar with Alex Jones and his fine program, he is a right-wing conspiracy theorist who has pedal ideas like the government is controlling the weather. <laughs> Former Fox News host Glenn Beck is a CIA operative. Kind of a loose cannon for a CIA operative, if you ask me. Hillary Clinton is running a child sex ring out of a pizza shop in D.C., which led to a gunman actually firing into that pizza shop. The Sandy Hook massacre was a hoax staged by child actors. And their parents are also actors, which uh, led to people going to memorial for those children and to the homes of these parents and harassing them. And can I just tell you, calling them actors, being an actor myself, that is a terrible insult. <laughs> Nobody deserves that. I don't even want you to call me an actor. I am an actor. And I, please never say it out loud. 
and that NASA is running a child sex slave colony on Mars. That last one is true. The problem is people actually believe Alex Jones, sometimes including the president of the United States, Donald Joker Trump. Uh, Jones' show had over 17 million views just the last month on YouTube. Almost a million followers on Twitter. Very impressive. Jesus only had like 12 followers. So it's pretty good. Christian, very Christian crowd. I get it. Wow, it's a slow roll on that. Now only two of the people laughing, and one of them's a panelist. Even though all of these companies ban, ban Jones, people want more action to be taken. They are asking for his removal from Twitter as well. So where is the line between free speech and dangerous speech or hateful speech? Should Twitter step in and censor Alex Jones and his personal opinions? Does social media have a moral obligation to change and shift our culture or at least not allow poison? Panel. Uh, Brian. YouTube's a private company. Yep. You know, that's, that's kind of the bottom line. And even though the viral video, Two Nazis, One Cup, is, is still, <laughs> still unwatchable, but it's still, uh, it's still oddly hypnotic. Uh, he, he doesn't have a right to be on YouTube. You all have a right to go to my YouTube channel on sheepyourself.com. But YouTube, oh, I, like I, I signed, uh, you know, I agreed to follow their uh, their rules. I, and I, I review fucking ammunition. You know, and, and they've, they've you know, warned me, don't ever, you know, shoot it on YouTube or whatever. But what he did, saying, you know, robots are stealing my luggage because the Nazi base on uh, on the moon and all that. Uh, that's free speech over there. Being on YouTube, that's private commerce. That's a completely different deal. And in talk radio, this is what pisses me off when people say, oh, that's free speech. Now, him being removed from YouTube is commerce. Him saying that shit is free speech. He can say that shit all day long. And here's the other thing I know about talk radio is if you don't defend an idiot's right to say stupid shit, no one's going to be there to defend your own. He's he's a moron. But he's in, in our in my business, there's people who've chosen to fling poo and they're millionaires. We call them like Sean Hannity. Uh, and, and Sean I call Hannity. them poolionaires. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I don't fling poo, but Alex Jones has decided to fling the poo and cash the check. But you know, you know, YouTube doesn't have to put them on. So we need to support what you're saying is we got to support his right to free speech, but just not to have a platform on which. To yeah, say I'm not going to like boycott YouTube or any shit like that. They have a right. If I ran YouTube, I'd kick him off. Why well, would you if, kick him off? If I it's crazy off, shit. Crazy I would shit. kick him off because if you got 17 million views last month, that's money for me. It is, and YouTube are the biggest whores, and that's why it really, really, really took a lot out of that boardroom to kick him off. He made them a lot of money. Interesting. So our conservatives here on, my, on your right are in favor of censoring this man from at least these very popular public platforms. They are no. the... They are no, the no, 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 I'm in favor of a private business making yeah, a business decision. I'm huh? not saying they should kick him off. I'm saying they chose to kick him off, and they have a right to kick him off. It's their it's their platform. Do you think they should not have kicked him off? Oh, um, I it's not my decision to make. It's theirs. I no, mean, no. Alex Jones I'm is, asking you about your opinion. You saying, so my opinion on Alex Jones's stuff. I know you're not the YouTube policy guideline guy. You're <laughs> asking me my opinion on Alex Jones's stuff. Is your opinion on Alex Jones's stuff. Alex Jones is wildly entertaining. Uh-huh. One of the most entertaining people on the entire internet. Uh-huh. And law of averages dictates that. He is entertaining. Are you kidding me? Oh, please. If he thinks there's a child sex ring on Mars, I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's, uh, he's not... I thought it was movie. just Matt Damon. Up he's actually called, he's, he's actually called Armageddon. Oh, <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be if it was on an asteroid? Put the tip in. Um, but no, look at that. He's not too... An uh, asteroid. Oh, my God. Why are we there doing this? You should work for Pornhub. Why are we doing that? Uh, but no, Lisa, get a pun in. <laughs> Lisa, you got any puns for us? You don't do puns? I admire your restraint. So on the left, what do you what do you guys think? I agree. I don't hear. I, I agree with you guys because I don't. It's it's not. Nobody's taking away his freedom of speech. Right. And also, like for people that are like, they should, this is good that they did this and they took him down. Okay, that's fine. I think he's fucking sucks. I love conspiracy theorists, but I think like once you go past like as crazy as Art Bell is, then it's like. I think I think that should be the cap is like talking about aliens and shit. And once you start saying like the Sandy Hook kids are are actors, then then you're not entertaining to me anymore because I'm just like, yeah, this sucks, whatever. Like, so it's not entertaining for me. But also, I think people need to keep in mind that like all that Sandy Hook shit that him going after the parents and like telling them he's gonna serve them with a cease and desist because he thinks they're all actors, like. That happened almost four years ago. So they just took him out now. So that's, like, it only is affecting their bottom line now. They're not taking him off because they're like, this man's offensive. Like, they're just not. They don't fucking care. I'm a little bit torn on it, though, because I read a New York Times op-ed that made me think of it a little bit differently. I mean, I don't know if it changed my opinion, but while I think Alex Jones is horrible and he's a horrid human being and I think he should not have views... And, of course, it's private companies and they have the right to take him off. The, uh, the article argued that it was a bad idea to take him off under the grounds of, of violating free speech or of saying things that are just unconscionable because it sets a bad precedent and that they could have tried to sue him under libel and slander laws. And then that way, if it actually crossed the legal threshold, but that we should be able to, to look past idiots. And if you now have these companies that really do control speech, so yeah, they're private companies, but they're also... You know, in Congress, Mark Zuckerberg suggested that even Facebook should be regulated by the government if they become the major highways of, of information, if they start censoring people based on their private judgment as to what is or is not allowable, that it could create a very scary precedent. You know, as far as that goes, I think the bigger issue is that there are people who watch his show and believe that there's, like, child sex colonies on Mars. I think that that's the bigger problem here, that people are like, yeah, that's yeah. happening. Meanwhile, like, the Catholic Church is hiding all these, like, sex predators. And yeah, the real, the real issue is the that. 17 million people that like yeah, that video. Exactly. Yeah. And the other, yeah. thing, the other thing about Alex Jones is the minute, the minute that you take him down and you start telling disaffected 16- to 22-year-old young men, what do you do? Don't watch this guy. Because he talks like this and he takes his shirt off and he says... That the goddamn pizza people are putting goddamn human semen in the pizza. Great all that imitation. And, 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 he, and he looks right at the camera. Goddamn it. Is it, and the is minute it you tell extra for that topping? What's that? <laughs> yeah, they, and the minute you tell that, that, don't watch does. that. You can buy the topping at the end of the show. Yeah. And every, let me just say this. Is that that any mozzarella? I'm sorry, guys. Is that keto-friendly? <laughs> <laughs> You said keto friendly No carbs. Here's the problem. Okay. We are talking about two different things right now. He has the right to say whatever the fuck he wants to say. It doesn't matter what he says, except for, I just want to point out to you, if there is a fire, you are obligated to say fire, so I get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. So fire! That's, like, that's not... Just because this dialogue is so hot, you know what I'm saying? Not, that's not against the law. That right. You, that's no, that's point. You can't say that However, it's not true. You can say whatever you want to say, but I don't have to support it, and neither does a private company. In addition to that, I think we all forget that the airways are ours. 
as a nation, right? So if this dude is on the radio or on television, if we object to what he's saying, we should have his license pulled because it's our shit. Now, as far as the private company, I understand why they did it, and, I, and I'm, I'm happy that they did it. On the other hand, he can say what he want to say. You just got to be prepared to, to take the ass whooping behind what you say. If people don't want to fuck with you no more because you said some stupid shit, that's, that's their right, too. So where your right yeah. end, mine begins. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because he's, he's allowed to say what he wants to say, except like you said, if he's actually slandering other people, they do have a right to come back at that because that's, that's when his right to speech violates their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit. And remember, he had he, he had totally rolled back and, and literally legally was ordered to issue an apology because he said, like, Red Bull shrunk your cock. Whatever. Or, whatever it was. But he had he, he don't want to fuck a Red Bull. He, no, 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 he, he, literally he had to apologize. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he apologized and immediately said, Red Bull does not shrink your balls. What they do do is fuck children in outer space. And then it's all <laughs> not illegal My penis does have wings right now though. As of this does morning, it really? Yeah. Those are your balls, Ken. <laughs> Sorry, as of this morning, InfoWars is shut down. He shut it down himself. Really? So the website is down. Oh, I like that. That's due to legal trouble. What you call Whatever. Here, the scariest part, the scariest part of all is own free speech. If you if you really don't want people to see Alex Jones, you don't ban it. As soon as something's right, banned, people, people are more interested. To see it. People like you are more entertained, and they're going to seek it out. <laughs> real quick, me? let me just say this real quick. The moment he said that these people were having a sex ring out of a pizza joint, and somebody took a gun and started trying to shoot up the pizza joint, he should have been done. That. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so I think we are all in agreement on our first issue here that Alex Jones being removed from these platforms is totally fine. Totally fine. I like you. They would have him here next month on a heartbeat, though. That's <laughs> probably true. That's a point I'd be here. I also want to point out that he looks like a fat Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Uh, by the way, one order of business I forgot to mention. Please do in the audience prepare questions, comments, any thoughts at the end of the show. We will come in, uh, into you for comments. So get those prepared so it's not a bunch of awkwardness. And also, each of the panelists has one bullshit card that you can call if you don't believe something somebody else says, and then Ken will fact check it in the back. I think we're still doing that, right, Ken? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good deal. All right, our next topic, denier, I barely know her. With the wildfires raging across the globe in record heat, what is the current administration doing to combat these climate change issues? Very glad you asked. Recently, the Trump administration announced a long-expected plan to dismantle an Obama-era policy that would have increased vehicle mileage standards for cars made over the next decade, so it's nice to go backwards there. They propose sweeping rollbacks to U.S. programs uh, designed to study and mitigate the effects of climate change, as well as cuts to research on renewable energy. It also took us out of the Paris Climate Accords and just removed safety standards for disposing of coal waste, very dangerous waste, and also... Uh, Trump keeps putting people in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency who hate the agency and don't give a shit about protecting the environment. So that's an interesting move. On the other hand, one hot summer notwithstanding, we are not doomed necessarily, says David French in the National Review. He says if you lived through the 1970s, you remember a time when rivers caught fire and cities were wreathed in dark clouds of smog, but through innovation and prosperity, and we've largely now solved those environmental problems. And with a few more changes, some say we can do it again. So, 
It's worth noting, however, though, it's not just the heat. It's the same climate models that predicted today's scorching temperatures also predicted extreme weather events such as heat waves, droughts, hurricanes, floods would become more and more common and intense and and longer lasting, and that does seem to be occurring. So do you agree with the direction the administration is heading? Do you think climate change is not really that big of an issue and liberals should take the sticks out of their asses and replace them with straws? Because the more straws, the merrier. Hashtag fuck sea turtles. What are your thoughts? Anybody wants to jump in? Um, so yeah. we're discussing... On the right. Right, so we're discussing if we agree with the direction the administration's going, or yeah. how we feel about sure. changes Sure, both. I want to hear your thoughts on both. Well, um, first of all, on the subject of climate change, I would say... Um, a lot of people assume conservatives are climate change deniers, but most conservatives I know are not climate change deniers. We just don't want to have to pay for all of it. And uh, we don't expect the government to do it all. We expect private businesses to do it. So like Donald Trump rolling out, rolling back regulations on auto industries and that sort of thing, most of them, like General Motors specifically said that they're not changing any of the plans they had to follow those environmental standards anyways. They're a private business. They should be allowed to do what they want. Donald Trump rolling the stuff back simply just puts the onus on private businesses to do what they're going to do, and then it's on us, the consumer, to buy from who we agree with. But do you not typically do you not agree that as a general rule, as a general trend, society, especially capitalist societies, will tend to get away with as much as they possibly can? The reason they had to institute those standards was because people were not self-regulating. Do they have to introduce those standards, or does they choose to introduce those standards? No, they forced. What do you mean? Well, they, they were not on their own introducing I mean, better fuel efficiency, and they were clogging the environment, and then the government had to step in. Right, and the governmental uh, people who stepped in originally, the first president to talk about the environment was Teddy Roosevelt, Republican. Second, the first president to talk about the ozone layer was Reagan, Republican. But he forgot a minute later that he said it. <laughs> that was his... That's true. And then uh, first presidents talk about acid rain, George H.W. Bush, Republican. I mean, the presidents, historically, who bring up climate issues first, are on the right. They bring them up and then just don't do stuff? They have been stuff. They it, it, stuff. It's okay to bring it up, but when you don't do shit, it what doesn't do matter that you brought it up. But what did they Let me just tell you this. Trump put a dude in charge of the EPA who sued the fucking EPA. Many That's times. ridiculous. That's fucking Is ridiculous. Is that ridiculous? Yes, it's goddamn ridiculous. Hi. Let me just tell you something. Everybody got to breathe. That's the common. That's all. So, so if if your nasty-ass giant car that spits out Israeli blood or, or Middle Eastern blood out the back of it... I'm saying that how many people had to die for us to get the fucking oil? That's number one. So we should preserve it and use it accordingly. And now you're talking about two separate No, no, no. I'm not explaining two separate things. Because those same automobiles put out more bullshit into the ozone that's making the climate change. No, no, there's a volcano in Indonesia last week that put more CO2 in the atmosphere than every car on Earth in the past 10 years. Well, why are we regulating, by the way? But, but that's not, why that, that's not because, the Because the, the issue here in the state of California is we have a governor who, who does what he blames, what he accuses conservatives of, of pulling science out of our ass. He's blaming these fires 
on climate change, as if fire didn't exist a thousand years ago or two. What did, he, what did, what did the Morongos have a bucket brigade? Or something? So, yeah. These so, wildfires happened because, as it turns out, this is really weird, fire is a requirement for a healthy ecosystem. It always has been. Sure. We, we replaced fire 100 years ago, and we didn't think about what to do that fire used to do. At two, for over the past 20 years, we've seen these huge fires in California, right? They are, we can, there's a metric. We can measure them. They're huge. Two-thirds are caused by human beings. This dipshit down in Orange County, this certified nutbag, uh, you know, who, who lit up Cleveland National Forest, the car fire up north literally was caused by a car running on its rims. Quick, no, can somebody fix the audio board? We're getting squelching on the mics. You're squelching. Great. I am um, squelching on the mic. Okay, but the fires are burning. Prius, by the way. No one's saying we're not going to still have fires and that they're not, they don't serve a purpose. It does. Slash and burn used to be a valid technique of actually how you would farm land. Or just cutting it and selling it to, like, build houses and shit. Sure, but... They, the ground is drier in the kind of droughts, and the kind of the extra heat, the fires are lasting. No, longer. no, no. The We've had two of the worst fires in massive. California history in, in the last several months. That's that's not why, because we've been fighting fires for a hundred years. The, for, the forests are filled with kindling, and it's a separate issue from human caused climate change. Or does the climate just change? As it turns no, out? it is not. It's a separate, a separate issue. issue. Yeah, we can, not, we fight, can not fight not forest fires. Okay, what did you say? You said that these volcanoes. You said these volcanoes spit out more. Uh, uh, CO2. CO2 than any other car, all the cars in a decade. Yet. Including China. Yet. The climate is changing now because of the cars that we've had already. So it must be a difference between the type of shit that naturally comes out the earth and the shit that you have manufactured. No, and it doesn't mean we should add on to it. We Absolutely. don't know that, though. We, there's no climate scientist has ever been able to answer the question when asked. Where would the climate be now without man's intervention compared to what it is with us putting stuff into the atmosphere? I've yes, there have been, been plenty of No, they've never answered that question. Well, I can't say definitive. They can't say definitive. And can I point out the, exactly. the last question the I asked? The answer exists. It's, right. it's speculation. It's all speculation. Right. It's not all speculation. Like, um, you can still use your is, brain. Well, there actually, there actually is hard science recording past you CO2 levels. You still measure CO2. The last time Jerry Brown actually answered one of my questions on the phone, he made up and I asked him, because I figure it's kind of important for an elected official to know this, if he's making policy in the largest state in the union, what percentage of the Earth's atmosphere is CO2? He couldn't answer. He did not know the correct answer. You mean a governor couldn't answer an environmental question? I understand Chris Christie would like fart into the mic. <laughs> but but Jerry freaking Brown should have had this tattooed on his wrist, and he couldn't answer. So be correct answer by the way. percent. So because I don't want because I want to make the world better, but I'm not a scientist because I listen to the scientists. Ninety eight percent of them. I'm a bad guy because I don't know the answer to your specific question. You know what? Yeah, if you're gonna if you're so gonna tell people you, about global warming, you should well, no, know, know the, the that's, most that's, fundamental thing about no, the science is no, the no. percentage. Of the I just ask. I don't keep the standard with all politicians, like the president. Oh yeah, keep that same standard. Oh, you're, you're damn right. This guy, right. this guy couldn't spell CO two if you spotted him. The oh and the two. Oh, thank you. Okay, but that's why I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I quick never, fact check. Yeah. Uh, Robert Hines is correct. We do have to fucking breathe. Uh, <laughs> And can we all agree Thank that Jeff Shorts are just lighting up this room? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You got a great look. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're dressed like an Austrian schoolboy. What is this? <laughs> you just come from a, said, Thank from, you very from, much. You just come from a West Hollywood production of The Sound of Music? What's happening with that one here? I'm 16 going on 17. Yeah, you are. I'll be the same, my friend. Um, 
it's unbelievable. So here's the thing I, 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 I can't understand about the pushback often from the right against combating climate change, okay? Let's even just say for argument's sake that humans have an infinitesimal small effect on it, okay? But maybe some actions that we could take could fix it. Okay, and we obviously know it's worse. It's 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 much worse than that because we actually created a hole in the ozone that we then fixed up by stopping to use chlorofluorocarbons in these sprays. So right. you know, we actually man man does have a detrimental effect. But what I never understand is why why we all want our businesses to be profitable. Everybody wants the business. We're all struggling entertainers. We all need more money. We all wish our business, but not at the expense of throwing exhaust in the face of our friends. Or our family. So what I never understand is, isn't it just obvious by looking at China and the pollution in the air, or looking at the freeways here, or just smelling an exhaust from a car when you walk by, that that's unhealthy, it's a carcinogen, it's a toxin, and if there are ways we could shift and evolve towards still driving our cars everywhere, but they could be electric or solar powered, and would not put shit into the parks we want to go Absolutely. have barbecues at. Well, Why wouldn't we want to be pushing our out of war in the Middle East? This is one of the most heavily regulated parts of, of, of our current society, and that we're, at this point, the United States is not even close to the biggest polluter. Cars... Are, in the United States are now the, the smallest contributor to CO2. I, I want to point out something, an interesting article I read that it can help with the conversation. The HSBC just came out and said that the Earth has used uh, their full budget of renewable resources in eight months. So what that means is that what the the, the world reproduces each year, uh, the daily you know the budget that we have for one year, we've already used in eight months. So we're, we're consuming our renewable resources faster than we can... Actually, so, so how's that good? So I guess we have to wrap well, the topic. Petroleum is not a renewable resource. I'm also, HSBC holds my mortgage, so I'm not saying that's down. good. By the way, I'm just saying <laughs> the government shouldn't regulate it. We as citizens should only be buying products that we believe will help the causes we no, care about. Here's the environment. I I could almost get on board with you, but the problem is it's not one business doesn't get. Uh, everything from that business from one place. So, like, you can't boycott a gas station because you don't like gas coming or oil coming from Iraq or whatever. It, it doesn't work that way. It's, all gas stations are getting it from all over the place. So, like, for any business, like, I haven't shopped at Walmart in years because my dad hated Walmart when I was a kid, but it's like, I have an Amazon Prime account. Amazon is fucking evil. So, it, but you can't, it, it's like impossible to, to sparse things up that much, to that degree. Like, you would right. literally be at home growing your own vegetables and then, like, sewing your own shirts and shit together. <laughs> I, I, I actually have 40 chickens and we grow our own vegetables and we live 70 miles apart. Right. <laughs> the conservative guy has a, ne- has a negative carbon footprint. <laughs> but there is a direct correlation. Well, with, <laughs> and also, people that, that sew their own clothes and grow their own food, they don't have a lot of friends. Can we agree on that? Like chicken shit. Yeah. And you so, move seven miles away because you ain't want to be around certain folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's awesome. thank, thank you for labeling me a closet racist. I By the way, that's where LA County yeah. ships certain folks is to huh? Lancaster. It's to where you live. I ain't saying nothing. Is like, that what, what? The, ships uh, them what with prisons? Huh? Yeah. 
Prisms, you mean? Uh, your mic, his mic is. I can't hear. What it. is this? A conspiracy theory? You're, you're, you're dropping here, Alex Jones? No, no. It's how L.A. County functions. So they clear out south of Jefferson, and they 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 put their problems elsewhere. That's not the only city that does that. Oh no, I think this one invented it though. But they're really good at it. I was All right, just gonna so say, as, as far as like what Jeffrey's point, I uh, like assuming that people will do good on their own without regulations is just assuming most people are good, and I don't, I don't believe that somebody trying to make money from, but uh, I'm wording that wrong. I don't believe that corporations are just automatically good. Like I don't, I don't trust them to. Well, make oh, I don't, I don't think they are either. Okay, I'm just saying consumers need to speak up, demand transparency from the places we buy stuff, and if we care about in the environment, we need to seek out companies that support our okay. goals. Okay, but hold on. So, so yes, we can also do that. We can use our free market voting at the at the cash register ability for sure. But here's what I never understand. Also, so I never understand the argument from the conservative side of the spectrum saying that people need to do it. Because that's what government's supposed to be. Absolutely. It's the government of the club. That's that's what the whole concept is. Because look, let me finish what I'm saying. So the whole premise, right, if you're saying people should do it, you can't have 300 million people in America making a consensus decision without some organization coalescing those decisions. But, but first, I mean, California people thing. can decide wait, wait. to only buy electricity from solar sources. and they right. can But buy how can they entirely decide? Sometimes... Like what, check a box. But what I'm saying is, right, when you vote... No, on the SoCal Edison bill, you can say, I'm a moron and would way rather pay 88 bucks per kilowatt hour for solar power. No, but, but here's a point I'm trying to make, right? So if you're suggesting that people... Should because you agree that corporations aren't always good and are going to go for bottom line profits most of the time, and that people should collectively then decide to do something. When people collectively do something, the only way you're ever going to collectively get a group of people to do something is then organize those people into some kind of organization that can make decisions. And that's exactly what government is. It's the only corporation that the people get to vote the leaders in and out and have a say in what happens. Yeah, so that, why is that bad? That segues into the big picture that no one has said yet. Sure. Everything that you said, all the accusations that you laid out, those were Trump's campaign platform. This entire policy, putting Ryan Zinke, a guy who lied on this entire resume about his service as a SEAL, uh, putting him in charge of the Interior Department, and what's his name from Oklahoma at EPA, he Proof. promised to do it. He said he would do it. Right. He got elected. Then now he's doing it. He's the first president to actually follow through with his promises. I don't deny I, that. I don't think he was. He thought he was going to get elected. Now he's elected. Sure. And he told coal miners, you're going to go back to work mining coal in 2018. But, and, and they are. I mean, for what? I don't know. But they're, I mean, they're mining created coal. like 50 coal jobs. He hasn't really like revitalized the industry. <laughs> yeah. But the only unemployed black person in America, though, is Amorosa. Because I heard that the lack of unemployment was this. It's never been better. But, okay, so since we're not going to all agree right now, she's a, she's a very <laughs> respected author of Unhinged. And she also is Unhinged. If you, since we're not going to solve right now the great divide between liberals and conservatives as to big business and regulation and government, can't we at least all agree that, since we have to wrap this topic up and continue moving, that since we agree private business will not always have the best interest of the public in mind, that at least when, and until we one day abolish all government, if that's what you want, <laughs> yeah. while we still have government, can we agree at least once things are passed 
to try to clean up the air and save the environment, we shouldn't roll them back. Can we agree on that? Just let standing law on things that don't harm people that actually try to help you, them, don't roll them back. Were you here 20 years ago? I like that. Yeah. Oh, that, you have to acknowledge it's extraordinarily cleaner than it was 20 Because of regulations. Yeah. <laughs> right, so we're cool with that. And, and we can still make a profit. So we're cool with that. Yes, profit and with regulation. That's yeah. cool with everybody? Ben, does that include yeah. you not smoking weed anymore? <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> That's like, a, that's like a 1979 Cadillac every time he honks a fatty. You know, that's, that's like a Coupe de Ville blowing down the 405. Weed is natural. There's no toxins in it. I get, or, I get organic weed from Santa Barbara. Kenny's clearing brush. I've been here. Yeah, clearing brush. I'm getting rid of fire kindling, you damn bastard. Watch your mouth, Kenny. I just want to point out that Brian Suits hates the sun, apparently. So. Uh, all right, good. So we solved that. Um, can we all agree? Before moving on to our last topic, can we all agree? This is our last. Can we all agree as well? Can we all agree that spending eight billion dollars on a space force is Trump's best idea yet? Yes. <laughs> Super solid or what? It, it's it's. I don't know. Ryan I don't know anybody. None of my friends who I served with, and 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 again, I. Like, uh, it's since 1983, I've, I've worn the uniform, inside or out or whatever, and I don't know anybody who took that idea seriously. President Mattis himself didn't <laughs> change facial expression. Um, it, it's it's a it's an idiotic idea, uh, and the Pentagon, believe me, the Pentagon is is absolutely the the world leading experts at making shit disappear under a ton of pencils, and they they will make this disappear. It's a really really you may as well have like. The dirt force or the deep sea force or whatever—it's really stupid. Fox Force Five. If you're fighting, catch up. If you're fighting in space, you're not doing it with human beings. They're, they're in reality. There is no Luke Skywalker. It's an unmanned vehicle. There he and, and but and he totally nailed Leia. Don't believe the bullshit. At uh, the end of Empire Strikes Back. Hello. But no, there's no. It's, it's uh, say spoiler alert, please. We need to save the sex slaves on Mars, Brian. Yeah, that's a strong point. But this is what happens when you get a guy who lives in a fantasy world in the White House, and he says, "Space Force, make it happen." And it's it's the shiny object in the, in the you know in Ohio, people are talking about Space Force. You know, they're they're not talking about. Uh, you know, crushing debt in California, yeah. or anything. They're talking about space force. I thought we had equal, co-equal branches of government with checks and balances. How come all of a sudden Trump gets in there and he's like, "New branch of the military done, tax cut done, remove this done, tariffs, trade war done," just all by himself? I thought we had a Congress too. I, I, I used to think that people. I mean, then again, I'm a Republican in California, so I'm basically the guys who play the globe trotters. <laughs> <laughs> I dress up. I'm wearing the same clothes, and I'm taking shots. But mine just aren't netting. You know, my we, we always lose by three. I think the idea of space force is so fucking hysterical because, like you were saying, Brian, I don't think it's actually going to come to fruition. I hope. But I do hope they at least make some outfits so we have some cool shit to see in a museum later, like yes. after the Trump presidency. Like, ha Space Force, remember that shit? That was wild. <laughs> I could totally see Trump actually doing, like, Star Trek uniforms for that. Yeah, and, no, and, absolutely. It would have nothing to do with NASA. NASA would be like, please, no, take our name off. And the first thing that my buddy said is all U.S. Army uniforms are designed for ease of masturbation. And, and if you're in Space Force, <laughs> you're true? not going to... You're a veteran. You would know the answer. Hell, you know what? I got served... With a restraining order for my cotton tube socks. 
Oh my god! In 2005 in Baghdad. I imagine my shock. I was mistreating them so badly. Why can't I talk and, about cotton? Huh? So, yeah. <laughs> and also, also, thank you for your service. And that's what everyone says. How are you going to blow a nut in space? Because yeah, that's what every bored GI does. Is you look left and right, and then you pull out the laminated no, no, no. picture. You also that would be the most socks on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most beautiful way to bust the nut. You get all of a sudden it's flying like Homer Simpson's potato chips. And so by golly, to all, see it all those in front of you, all those Girl Scouts and tennis cookies. Even That's though I was, I was a reservist, and I was in the army too. I didn't jack off a lot. I didn't. You I never had. You never deployed, did you? I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have the time. They kept my black ass busy. You know I, 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 I think Ryan's point is that if you deployed, you might be a little more stressed. Right. The, yeah. Because when you deploy, well, the truth is, when you deploy, or when, when you're in the, when you even in the regular army, you spend a lot of time waiting on shit. You spend a whole lot of time waiting on shit. So I can see where you would have. Oh, my horny white ass uh, was really bored, and I had a laptop and and the internet, and it, well, it, Pornhub went up on July second, two thousand four. That's what, you, that's what I heard. A friend, very friend told me. And you can follow Brian Suits' Pornhub channel, Horny White Ass. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, that one was meant to be a joke topic, so we can move on to our last real one here. And then once again, audience questions, comments, interactions, please have some shit for us. Don't make us look stupid, okay? Don't laugh at somebody said, uh, what t-shirt are you wearing? I want to talk more about Robert's tent pole. These are vodka tonics, if anyone was wondering. I'm uh, Charlottesville, one year later, you guys, our last major topic here for the evening. Uh, it is one year after the white nationalist march in Charlottesville, where Heather Heyer was killed by a, a, a racist person there and just ran into her. And, uh, and since then, there has been some progress made in Charlottesville. Like an activist is now the mayor. As a matter of fact, all people that were in authority there are no longer in charge. But the statue of Robert E. Lee is still standing. Uh, there's always been racist people in this country, of course. It's sort of what we're based on in a lot of ways. But it seems like President Trump has given them a voice by stating things like there's very fine people on both sides, along with several other dog whistles, and now even louder, sort of just like shouting the shit at rallies now. Um, but could this actually be a good thing? You, it's hard to weed out racism if you don't know where the races are. Is the Trump administration actually helping America solve racism in this country? Panel. No. 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 One of the reasons that, I, that I've fallen so far off the GOP is because that was such a clear case of people. Regardless that these bunkins don't know, you know, Nazi ideology from Stalin's, they think they are. And people on my side are the ones who have the obligation to shout these guys down. I don't expect leftists to go tell you know some right wing retard uh, you know why he's wrong and that he's got the swastika backwards and, and the rest of that stuff, <laughs> which, which I found doesn't. You know, it's not quite the uh, the entry argument, but but it, but it really is on the part of the Republicans uh, to take a stand here. And the problem is the guy in the White House literally doesn't know what he's looking at. Um, his father, you know, marched in the 30s with the KKK. And got arrested. Yeah, his grand, yeah, his grandfather had a where Safeco Field is, where the Mariners play right now, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, that was that was Grandpa Trump's whorehouse, uh, and Trump's in denial of his own lineage. He has he he thinks his father was up there panning gold. That's a shameful episode in 2017 in in, in America to, to see that, and that and then to see the silence on the part of congressional leaders. 
to not why say. Why are they doing it? Why? Are, yeah, they're feeling powers. They're feeling power. Right, but why are the congressional leaders not? You have to presume that they're not all racist. So why are they not they standing are up? Afraid. Afraid. Yeah. They if are somebody, afraid. if there's somebody in the White House that'll do anything you ask, if you're just on his side, then why the fuck would you, if your career is on the line, I'm not saying that I would, but I wouldn't be in that position in the first place, but like, for all these people that they want whatever agenda carried out, they have somebody in the White House that doesn't know shit from shit anymore. So he's not going to turn down anything as long as they at least pretend to respect him. That's just, go ahead. The only people that are standing up right now are people who are not running for re-election. The base is filled with crackers. So as soon as you say something to make a cracker happy, then more crackers will come along like, damn, we can say that now? I thought we couldn't do that no more. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you, whatever gains we've made, we still nullify those gains by worshiping the South from a revolution. Like, these people actually said, fuck America, we'll form our own country. And you can't be a patriot and accept that. I, I, I can feel the amount of disdain this dude got in his heart for Nazis because we've been fighting them for forever, right? And so, for you, to, you can't be my teammate, no matter your, your political uh, decision-making. If you tell me that we can't cut off our history, we're not cutting off our history, we're just not talking about the traitors. Did you say cracker or crack up? <laughs> I think I said the plural version. Okay. And, and as, as, okay. as an American from west of the Rockies, when I went to Fort Knox to join the Army, I had never been around people from east of the Mississippi or south of the Mason-Dixon line. And I didn't know any of the shit. And to me, the Confederate flag is the flag of a country that declared war on my country. Absolutely. And that, yep. that was my thing. is like When people say, oh, over 3 million Americans were killed in the Civil War. And I always say, well, no, actually it's 1.2 mil- million right. Americans. <laughs> the Confederates, were they, they failed to mention that they were an enemy right. of the United States. And so uh, I, I look at the South as a failed occupation. I, had, I did a good occupation in Bosnia and, and Iraq. But we took the Saddam statues down. Right. You know, I, I agree. Robert E. Lee, is a, he was offered the Union Army. He was a phenomenal general. But, uh, yeah. but the thing is, now he chose a side. It was a bad side. And he knew it. It was a bad side from the beginning. And now, 150 years later, there's still statues of a guy who led the bad side. And you know what? Right. Rommel was an awesome general. But there's no fucking statues of Rommel in Germany because we didn't allow that shit. Right. Robert E. Lee, or as I like to refer to him, Bobby Lee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, Bobby. Um, so here's why don't we'll be on the main stage this Saturday at the Improv. <laughs> Bobby Lee, everybody. He, he was a divisive figure, but ends every set naked. So why not? Um, here's here's the watermelon the, smash. Is what, <laughs> don't sit in the front row. When is the last time you saw comedy, Brian? No <laughs> so, points for the Gallagher reference. So here's what what I don't understand though. Again, uh, is. Why does the Republican Party, in the, the, the vast majority of the Republican Party, identify with that side of the argument, with, the, with identifying with the Confederacy? They're, they're unwittingly, the they're tearing the party apart, and people like me have taken a stand, never, a never Trump stand two and a half years ago, they're calling me a conservative. Uh, and a pussified this and, and that and, and it's like you, you know, can see your Pornhub channel it, conservative yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing I tell him you, know, you understand this guy gave more money to Chuck Schumer than he ever gave to any Republican he was not a Republican four years ago 
uh, and he's a money launderer, and what are you missing? The, he weaponized morons, or, or Ohio, as I guess some people pronounce it. And, and he, he got people who felt somehow, uh, somehow uh, disaffected for eight years because they couldn't accept Obama. And they said, we're going we're gonna to get him back with this Trump guy. And it killed me. He, he, uh, he, 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 this way, he bamboozled the, the, the Midwest, and he, that's why the, the, you know, it's a, the, the ongoing campaign. I, I think we're missing one really powerful thing. I, I, yeah, yeah. Racism is every fucking where. There's nowhere you can go. Like even in your computer, I was writing something and I wanted to write the word white, and it automatically capitalized white, but it didn't capitalize black. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot underestimate. Let me just say this: We've all been talking. I ain't hardly heard from him, and I haven't hardly heard from her. But I'm just gonna tell you. You know, I, I think if we don't let all the ideas in, then we fucked. Yeah. But but I honestly believe. Y'all underestimated the power of racism. When white people were in trouble, they called on the brother. He fixed the economy, but they didn't give him credit for it. He tried to give him health care. They said they'd rather die. You understand? This is how strong the racism is. And as soon as that black dude, because at least, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm from Chicago, but my family's from Mississippi. There are white people who were thinking to themselves, no matter how poor I am, I'm not black. And the moment you put a black family in the White House and let them watch that for eight years... They bubbled over with their hatred. Yeah. And they went out there elected the reddest redneck that they could find. Yeah. The guy, and, and, and this whole thing about political correctness, political correctness is nothing more than being polite. So now we got a war against politeness. We all got to say Merry Christmas. I'm not a Christian. I'm not saying shit. You understand? That's my right not to do that. And that's what I'm saying to you. These, these white folks were so dejected about eight years. I mean, well, Jesus still loves you. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> That's his option. That is his option. So he doesn't love Jeffrey, right? And my, the new Microsoft Word, by the way, capitalizes the N word. I heard. I don't know. I <laughs> That's what I heard. Doesn't sound like you have a computer in your house, Brian. How else is he on time? Brian's like that paper clip still flies out, right? Like, no, it's been about two days. I need to disable that thing. Yeah, I agree because there was also like it was as soon as the Obamas, the Obamas were in office. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Michelle? <laughs> as soon as Obama got in office, I had all these people that I grew up with who were I'm from like a really working class town, like big union area. All these like blue collar Democrats are uh, online constantly, and they're like, "What went wrong?" And it's like a side by side of just like any white president, and then Obama, and it's like, "What is this?" And then let me, can you clarify it? Like, because I feel like I just I know this is racist, but I just want you to say it yourself. And so I'm like, "Hey, can you clarify what this uh, meme means?" And they're like, "That's none of your business." And I'm like, "You posted it on Facebook," but it's always like this mysterious, like, there's just something about those people. And I'm like, they're on your fucking side, man. What are you talking about? This is crazy. Yeah, so I I don't understand it. Let me ask you, Jeffrey, what is it that makes you a conservative or, or a Republican? And and what are the problems you have with the party currently, if there are any? Um, I do not consider myself a Republican. I think the terms Republican and Democrat are super archaic. Agreed. They make people sound really old when they use them. No disrespect. Well, I'm in the middle of telling you I'm no longer Republican. Well, I'm well, firing you. Yeah, and that's part of the reason. Yeah. All right. We're both this show. <laughs> I know. 
too conservative. Too kind of on the rough. Well, 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 well,
Okay, because I want to hear the answers. We, we all know we hate Do you Trump. Want to hear the answers? Because you guys. Hundred percent. So the two questions I would love you to still answer is, is is one with the birther movement. I grant you, Hillary Clinton was the first that, for political points, at the end of her campaign said, or not the end of her campaign, but some point in there said said we don't even know if he was born in America, right? She said first one that planted the seed. Said it once, and then Trump pushed it and made it a national issue at the forefront of our dialogue for five years. How is that not racist? That's how, question one. How is it? Racist, though, because you didn't question George W. Bush's being born. Right. Nobody and Hillary, people didn't remember Hillary John McCain had to go to the Supreme yes. Court to say that he could run for president. Right. Because he was born in the Panama right. Canal. That wasn't racist, right? No, but nobody was pushing it, saying that he couldn't. Was have someone major keeping issue. the old white man down? Is that what again? <laughs> no. In two thousand, so we Hillary, have to go through that. Hillary bringing something up during a campaign was just like a dirty campaign trick that was mentioned once in a in a contest. Once Obama wins. What is the reason to try to divide the nation for five years by continually pushing that issue when he was born? And he actually made him show his birth certificate, and he still didn't give him. Then he wanted to see his grades. Right. So, right. <laughs> well, so when, why? When why? the question was asked, why wasn't it just answered at the beginning? Like why? When you say you because why do you have to ask exactly. me that? Ask why, why do you have to ask me that? If you don't ask, no one else on the panel. The question what is, really is because he was busy providing his tax returns. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never right. been a requirement, but if if it was a question <laughs> that he was born here or not, the simple way to just diffuse that entirely would have been: here's my birth certificate. Move on with your life. He did that, and they did that, did that, did that, and they didn't still move on. It took him time to. But do then, that. even you see the point. How though? long did it take? How is it not racist on. when then eventually he made the sitting president endure the humiliation of actually providing his birth certificate? Can, can I just say? And okay. then Trump didn't say, "Okay, now we move on." He still but pushed how it. How is it humiliating to prove you're born in America? It's the greatest. Can, can, I, can I just say one thing? Let me just let me just say this real quick. This is still fucking America. A black dude had a chance to be president. You don't think they investigated the fuck out of him before? You don't think he was well vetted? You don't think that was the case? For that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that Donald Trump is a horrible person, but he became president also. Don't you think he was didn't, well vetted? Didn't, didn't say he wasn't no. a horrible person. No. No. But, but he no. fit the requirement. So Trump wasn't no. well vetted? We're going to have audience questions about two minutes. We're not saying he, it's, he wasn't well vetted. We're saying brothers, no. you're arguing somebody's personality. We're arguing somebody's ability to, or like, somebody fulfilling the requirements to even become president. But you're saying he's racist with no actual proof. No, I just gave you proof. What does somebody have to do to be racist anymore? Right. I mean, these people you I know aren't racist. Those guys are very racist. Are you kidding me? And he said that they were good people. He pointed at the Charlottesville Terror Party. What are they saying? And thank you for photoshopping me out of that book. Scoutmaster Atkins? So... To you, somebody has to say the words "I'm racist" to prove they're racist. No, but how about just in the last two weeks? File as a voter under racist. Right. <laughs> how about just in the last two weeks, the president has called four prominent African Americans stupid, low IQ, or dog? Don Lemon, LeBron James, Omarosa, and. That's somebody else. The NFL all sons of bitches. And, and the NFL, <laughs> but, but uses somebody using stronger language to condemn a a. a National hero athlete who's building a school for underprivileged children call him stupid. Hey, and he then call his own attorney general a moron. No, no, he's not. He's a stupid and then and, the time. and then call racist very fine people. Do not 
what else? What else do you need to, to be an, an evidence? He of said racism? there's. He said there's fine people on both sides. Right. We got to prove that side. But there's not, yeah. there's not fine people well, on the side. Well, you don't know. There's person. a bunch of people on that side. Uh huh. There might have been some good people mixed up no, in there. You don't know. False. So your argument? No. Do you know everybody who's on that no, side? No, but obvious. But I can tell you if you're if you're marching with a white supremacist. So white supremacist group, you're fucking trash. I don't care. That, that is you a You just look at this painting yourself and look, you look at this photo yourself and said those are very racist people. Those are people. racist people. Oh, How do you know? Sure. But or you I don't know them. You don't know each individual. This is the same argument that you made earlier about people should individually decide to fix the environment. No, you have to judge groups based on what group they associate with and what they do. That's conflating it because you're telling me that the government needs to regulate the environment, which they don't. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they do. do. Yes, they do. The environmental protection—that's part of what the constitution. You got to, you got to protect us. That's what the government does—is protect us, even so, if it is from our own bullshit. So, for what reason do you support Trump? What reasons? So, that overwhelm all the drama. In the, I mean, the drama is media manipulation. That's what it's been this entire time. He doesn't feed that at all. But okay, Doug, go ahead. he feeds that like crazy. This is actually an intervention. I think it's about time that we all yeah. stand up. I you respect to you in the following way. You're wrong, gay so. monster. <laughs> Please, please let the Trump supporter who dresses like Avril Lavigne talk. <laughs> so, skater boy era. Okay, so, shorts and the Chuck Taylors and the high socks. Is that anyway. why I have a boner? <laughs> Ceiling. You can follow Brian's page. Is that why I have a boner? Dot, yeah. dot, dot. <laughs> Quick. Ben, let's wrap this up. I want to get to the audience. Yep. So, so what, why do you support him? Um, I mean, as far as his policies, his... Uh, his Tax cuts are amazing. I save two hundred eighty dollars a month because of his tax cuts. He's the first presidential candidate in U.S. history to speak out in favor of gay rights before getting elected, and as a gay man, that mattered a lot to me. Um, so, a lot of what he was saying, especially compared to what Hillary Clinton was saying, I was very supportive. So can I ask you this? What's going to happen when he gets his next Supreme Court justice pick, and they start attacking gay men? They're not going to. He and Mike Pence outright said that decision was made. They're not going to attack him. Mike Pence made it perfectly clear that gay people can't eat pizza in Indiana. And you can't say what they're going to do because you don't know who's going to sue them. And you You can't say what he's going to do either. I can can say this. Somebody's going to sue because they think they can stop gay marriage and abortion. And they're going to run it up the flag all the way to the Supreme Court. You don't have no control over that. That's that person's right to sue for that. We right. already are still Robert Gay people can have abortions to fight against <laughs> things like the the company, they're the, the place that didn't want to make cakes for gay people. They already started that. They're already yeah. fighting office, against gay people. Fighting against like gay a, people. How does that not bother you? Crazy. Not How about this transgender right. ban of transgenders in the military? Yeah. Gay people and trans people are the same thing. You guys know that. The same community, yeah. LGBTQ community. Are you not part of that community? It doesn't matter. You're still a part of it. They, are you not part of it? That's all the letters. I'm asking. Are you not part of the LGBTQ community? I mean, the G, I am. By so just the G. He's an, he's an original G, I'm y'all. G. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm gay. Gay and trans. Gay issues and trans issues are very different. It doesn't matter if they're different because right now they all group together. I went to this is my first time going to Pride. Had a great time. Got some sunglasses in the back. They were beautiful. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is. As a society, we have decided that we're going to put all these letters together and, and make these people be a, a protected group so we can protect them right. as the government does. 
Right? But he's against the group. He wants every individual to protect people as all autonomous individuals. Like, yeah. I don't think yeah. gay and trans are the time. same. I don't think so. And either. I don't think any of us do. But the problem is the people fighting against gay people and trans people are like, you're all a fucking abomination. Never get out of here. They don't care down. if yeah. you're what the nuance is. They don't care what the difference is. They want all of you gone. And, it's, and they are the same in not in their exact orientation. They're the same in that they are a group being persecuted for their sexual orientation. Well, that person denied rights. are gay people denied right now? Now cakes. You have a right. You can't have cakes. You, you can go to the place and have the cake. You don't have the right to compel someone to make a shitty cake. But this is the thing that, like, true conservatives have to educate them. Sorry, the yeah, Ohio conservatives and say, you know, real conservatism is uh, is respecting individuals' private choices in their bedroom. The whole thing is getting their nose out of their bedroom, letting them live their life, and that's why. Gay marriage. Yeah, that's why, I, as an atheist Republican in California, Who are uh, that's that's <laughs> this, this is the, the part where I tell I, I tell people I just don't want any religion in any part of my life because I've Absolutely. chosen not to have it. So I don't care if my neighbors are are making the baby Jesus cry or or, or whatever. It's their business. That's where I would hope that when you when you install conservatives on the Supreme Court, ultimately they would remove religion from that uh, and make make that. That choice, but then again, I'm I'm the one guy in Hollywood. So. I don't want your nose in my bedroom. And I know. <laughs> Let's the audience. Yeah, we're gonna go to the audience. I just I just wanted to, to end it with. So I, I I just love that you support Trump and Pence for their support of gay rights. I mean, that's a part of it, absolutely. Amazing. Gay conversion therapy is a gay conversion therapy. Something you're a fan of? Uh, no. Something Pence supported. Something Pence said shouldn't be regulated against. That doesn't mean he's for. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to go to the audience. There's a segment called Triggered Happy. How about a nice round of applause for our panelists, first of all, guys? Uh, what an amazing show. I love this show. I noticed that some of you guys out in the audience have been groaning and moaning. Do you guys just have to, just, are you dying to say something? Raise your hand and we'll come over and you can ask a question to the panelists. <laughs> or make a comment. Or make a comment. <laughs> Anybody, please. Beautiful lady. We discussed this. You can't make us feel stupid. Please say something. Anyway. You guys were shouting a minute ago. There we got two hands right there. What's your name? Where are you from? Debbie Gutierrez. Debbie. Oh, Debbie, how are you? Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, famous comedian Debbie Gutierrez, everybody. Man, round of applause for her. You see her right there. It's the MGM brand coming up. Here you go. Um, I'm going to listen to you guys talk about the news all weekend. And... Uh, people are circling, circling around this Trump is not a racist. Okay, let's just say for the sake of argument, Trump is not a racist. What the talking point was, though, is he is certainly emboldening people who are racist. And so I would like to hear from um, the whole panel... If we can agree on that, let's say he's not a racist, okay? Let's just say he's not a racist because that's not the topic. The topic is, do you believe that Trump is emboldening these people to come out and be vocal about their racism? Yes. Jeffrey, why don't you take the lead on that? Oh, I would say there are too many racists that use Trump for their platform. So, unfortunately, yes, is the okay. answer to your question. When he separated families at the border and then said they were, that they were infesting our country, the reason that he said that is because to let all the people know who like him, 
that he's against immigration. Yeah, you're that's so really you he's can't married really, to an immigrant. He's not against him. Well, he's like yes, he's he against is. a certain that's kind of immigration, that, that, certain yeah, places, illegal that's, immigration. That's, that's illegal where the argument is blowing up. It's it's not is Trump a racist? Fuck it. We all have our opinion on right. whether or not he's a racist. Is is he emboldening people who are racist to come and march? To right. uh, to stop people from right. barbecuing or selling lemonade. So the follow-up <laughs> question, which is happening, I mean, you can laugh, but they're stopping yeah. young black children from selling lemonade. So, so I guess the the follow-up question to what Debbie's asking is: You're saying, unfortunately, they're using him, but the president's main one of his main functions is as a thought leader. Is he leads right. the the conversation? Right. What is he doing to actively hard trying to stop? Okay, so races? here's what I can tell you. Um, I, I was born in Honolulu. It's the only state where white Show people. Show me where Ironically, I was born in the same hospital as Barack um, Obama. As, uh, as Barack Obama, yeah. Um, I didn't transfer to Harvard with a 2.0 from Occidental, though. No, you were jerking off. Um, <laughs> I, I, I already got my PhD by then. Um, but uh, what, what I've seen here in California is is the. Well, if we're getting vodka tonics, I'd like one of those the, uh, as well, please. What's going on? Sound, what's going on here? is anybody who is publicly conservative is being contacted, and that's my code word for me, um, <laughs> is being contacted by some really wacky people who were under the radar five years ago. I was here, When Obama got elected, I was on the air on KFI. I didn't, hear, I didn't get emails from people saying, oh, you want to come out to the desert and rub my AR-15, you know, and, and stuff like that. Now I do. Now it's really, really common. I do live shows called How to Hide Your Guns from Gavin Newsom, and it's a joke. It's a joke. Except I now have people coming there, literally learning how to hide your gun from Gavin Newsom. Uh, and, and so, I wonder where yeah, they got that they, lead from. And they there, feel, right? I know they feel empowered. Right. Uh, I think uh, since January of 2017, in a way they didn't. You remember, Obama was the greatest thing to ever happen in the gun industry. If you, if you went right. to a gun show, and I know this is not the crowd, but if you went to a gun show in 2008 or 2012, you, you took an hour to get in. I'm a gun fan, man. I'm about to buy a gun for a certain reason. I, I had my life threatened in outside of Chicago two weeks ago after my show because I made a Trump joke during my show, shut down a Trump heckler, and then proceeded to tell a bunch more Trump jokes. And I had a Trump supporter come up to me and say, if you talk about the president around here, you're going to get a bullet in the back of your head. Guns don't that solve anything except for all the shit they solve. Oh, my. What's that? Oh, yeah. Wow. So that is the stakes here that we're playing with, and that's when I know why... Those are the stakes, and so I—that's why I don't understand why whatever two hundred dollars a month is worth more. To, I'm asking, is it worth more to you than the moral foundations of our country? Well, the issue people are like it's like the wild west out there now. I mean, the issue really is people will use whoever they can to further their own <laughs> agenda. But people can so make it easier or harder. People use right. religion to further a lot of terrible stuff. Sure. And I don't think that they're representatives of those religions. And people are using Trump to further racist agendas, and I don't think he's representative of that. But we can choose to be a certain religion here. We're all stuck with Trump right now. He's representing us internationally. So we don't have, like, sure. this, this is our leader is riling people up to be more racist. And we're just... And more violent and more angry and more... so stupid right now, internationally, and it's really frustrating. The most frustrating part is the fact that I would argue that the loudest 2% of people in this country are the only people who we ever see talk anywhere. So... 100% concur. 
Absolutely. Theoretically, that could be most, if not all, of the races in this country. We don't know. So we look stupid to the rest of the world because our media platforms give those people a place for their voice. And 30 30 people in Washington, D.C. on Sunday. Did not deserve live coverage. Not right. at all. And the, and the build-up for uh, yeah. two months. Let's get to one more question. Anybody else in the audience? Her, your last name's Gutierrez? Please come with me. <laughs> <laughs> also, We've got a question from Black Pedro, everybody. Yeah. Pedro, another great comedian, everybody. Hey, thank you, guys. Um, so this actually might not even be a question, just more of a statement, and honestly, specifically to the vest and shorts up there, but... And, and not in any disrespectful way, but I just want you to understand that it's very frustrating um, as a black man, a person of color, for the burden to constantly be placed on us to prove racism, right? Like, you can't constantly ask the oppressed to prove the oppression, right? Like, at some point, you just have to open your fucking eyes and see that shit, homie. Like, it's really going on. And we're really not making this shit up or just holding hands and singing songs about this shit, right? Like, you can't, you can't put this stuff on us to prove the racist. So how is it, prove that Donald Trump is racist? Like, racism is an ideology. So no, I can't put you inside of his head, but you really should look at policies, language. Like, you, you literally said, People take the president literally. It's like, well, motherfucker, that's what words are for. <laughs> Literality. Like, yeah. you should like, exactly. you should say what the fuck you mean. And if he doesn't mean what he says, then he should shut the fuck up and not be up there. Uh, I just don't want uh, to. Thoughts? 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 On, is, on that, Jeffrey? Security. We, security. We've got an angry black man in the lab. <laughs> Jeffrey, thoughts on that? Um... Oh, I thought that was just a comment on a question. Yeah, let's move on. Well, one more. I respect your right. I respect your right. I respect your right. I respect your right. I would never put it on a minority to educate someone. So it's on. It's on. I can't educate. You can't educate me. We can't educate each other, and that's okay. We can educate each other. We absolutely can. Is that another great comedian, Jill Michelle Meliana, everybody? Uh, So listening to you all, I I get what you're saying about let's go back, let's take the racism out of it and just go back to the private entities making their own decisions. I hear you, and I think that's great because we all have a voice, right? We don't want to cut us off. But let's go back to layman's terms. Look at schools. Without a good principal, it rolls down. Without a good principal, there's not good teachers. Without good teachers, there's not good students. Our George is nodding so far. (laughs) So our principal right now is giving these guidelines to these teachers, let's say the Americans, and it's going down to our children. And they're learning really horrible things. And that's why we're speaking up right now, is we're saying the person at the top right now is teaching so wrong. We have little kids walking around going, oh, yeah, black this, white this, whatever. Or you don't got this and you don't have this or, oh, whatever. And it's like, it's a horrible thing to watch. We're seeing the president call players protesting racial injustice sons of bitches. Yeah. But then doesn't call our adversaries sons of bitches for infiltrating our elections. Absolutely. Just inconsistency in every way he sees everything that I don't see ever where he is endorsing American values and making that as an important being. He's not being a thought leader or a moral leader for our country. He's being a rabble rouser. He's like Vince McMahon. He's not like a president. 
How is that okay with Obama? I love the word rabble rouser. I hate on the right when when people on the right say, "Well, it's not his job." And well, the rules are changed and all that. He said, "You know what? We all agreed when the rules were changed that it was wrong." He should be changing the rules back, and it is, in fact, his job. And you just can't keep appeasing bullshit. The more you appease bullshit, you'll get more bullshit. Warren Harding said you that. Keep giving, <laughs> if you keep giving passes on shit, you know, well, you know, I don't know if he's racist, even though he didn't really want to black people in none of his properties. I don't know if he's racist, even though after, he found, after they found these guys innocent, he still wanted them to have the death penalty. Right. You can't, you can't, you can't, the central part five. bullshit. So, you gotta stop it. And also, I mean, Brian, you served our country in three military conflicts. Got wounded. Got wounded. You got parking. You have a bullet in you. Yeah. And wow. Robert, you served our, our oh, it came out. country. Oh, it came out. You got to give a scar. Out, yeah. <laughs> so and and so, what did you fight for if not American values? What is a nation without what we stand for? Yeah, I mean that, that's you know that, that's the thing. Is I, I I I didn't fight for uh, you know someone who hasn't read the Constitution. I I, I you know I defend the country. I don't fight for. You know, I, I was yelling in Sauter City, take this for Article 3 of the fucking Constitution. <laughs> That's right. Two-thirds of the Congress have to raise taxes, motherfucker. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Um, it said that I believe in the country and I believe that someone has to you know, stand forward and, and, and defend it. And then <clears throat> out, of, out of the uniform, uh, yeah, I'm the guy who walked around the Constitution and says, you know, these are our values. This is uh, what, what we, you're supposed to hold to this Constitution. And we're supposed to learn from our mistakes. This is one of the really unique things about the United States of America is that only 10% of us have a passport, but you'll find, you other 90%, that the rest of the world makes mistakes and don't learn from them. Uh, or they hide them. They, right. they suppress them and don't teach them at school. Germany. Um, but in America, we wear... Now it's a new thing. We didn't do this 100 years ago, but now we wear our mistakes and we learn from them. You know, and so next time, we won't round people up and put them in a concentration camp. Uh, or you know, or whatever. That's that's unless the they're Mexican thing. on the border, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Those aren't citizens, Ben. Oh, fair enough. That's a difference there. Not yeah, the we're, we're rounding up bank robbers too. No, that's fair enough. They're human fair beings. But, but, but people seeking asylum are not point, illegal. But the point is that when we make classic mistakes, and we do, because we're not perfect, but what what makes us unique is that we wear them and we learn from them theoretically. And, and we have to acknowledge them. And that's why when you see a bunch of young men wearing Nazi imagery and they have no idea what, uh, the, you know, the NSDAP meant, what Nazism really meant, uh, I'm, I'm saddened because by and large, they're just, they're just ignorant people. And they don't understand what makes this country strong. Okay, let's right. get, we have one more comment and question. Yes, we'll please. So I really just wanted to comment after the first person, and that's that I'm a teacher in New York. And um, after, the, after the first couple years of Trump, um, at first, everyone had the, con when I'd walk out of my building and I'd go to my parking area, which is where the children play, and their children minorities, and um, there would be Confederate flags in the apartment buildings right up against where they would play. So they would see the Confederate flag, some with a bullet hole through them, some would say Trump pens with the Confederate flag, and this is where the children were playing. So I would go to the principal and I would say, listen, I know that this is where we park, but it's also where the kids play football with some of our teachers, the guy teachers, and some of us um, jump rope and stuff with the girls. And 
And um, and he was really great about it the first year. He put tarps up so that the kids couldn't see through the back windows where they had um, the Confederate flags. And through some were through windows and some were just hanging outside their back windows. But the people in the neighborhood wanted the kids at the school to know where kind of they stood. And that was the first year. And then I was like, isn't this great that... You know, they're not hanging them this year, but it was a long winter that we had this year. <laughs> so then, uh, it was, it was a rough winter in New York. So then, um, the snow finally melted, and I was so surprised I came out, and sure enough, the flags were out for the holiday in the spring. And it's the first chapter of her book, the, the story of a flag. Along with the American flag, of course, were the Confederate flags. They were out again. And this year, our principal actually didn't put up the tarp and cover them. So I guess he thought maybe he couldn't fight it. That was it. So that's what's happening. Guys, what's so happening now? Confederate flags in New York. So, yeah. And the yeah. probability that you own cat is 100%. 100%. Own so let's so wrap it up. Let's yeah. bring it home. Thank all right. So sounds good. So. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for all of you for coming out and enjoying the show and listening and, 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 and being our audience here today. And thank you so much to our panelists and especially a thank you to you, Jeffrey, because you're a Trump supporter and this is very difficult to come out and talk about the things that you believe in in front of an audience that's very hostile towards it. So I really appreciate it. Hardest coming out my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, I guess the only thing I would love to end this on saying is we all understand economic hardship and we all understand that it's sometimes hard to tackle or even prioritize larger problems when you have more immediate problems. You know, I've been building a career that I'm pretty proud of for many years, but then my show went away in December and then I've had money issues a little bit recently in recent months and I've had to struggle to find money here and there and to pay some bills. And it sucks and it's very scary to be in that place. But... I guess the one thing I would hope that we remember and try to remind ourselves is that while it's always very important to take care of yourself and your family and to pay your bills as a very high priority, and sometimes a higher priority than fixing the climate of, of that might be destroyed in the future or whether or not the president's emboldening racists or not, to me, the whole purpose of the American experiment is a country based on shared values, based on people who want this country to be that shining beacon on the hill that Reagan spoke about, to be that place where people can come and know that they have asylum from oppression, to know that they can come and find a better life. And if we have a leader that is trying to upend that literally just so he can get ratings and get reelected and have big rallies and get to be funny in front of people, like, I'm a comic, I don't even do that. I care about values more. If we start sowing dissent in our country where people are being having their lives threatened and black people are black children are having their lemonade stands shut down because the person in charge is not saying never do that is not saying that is not america that is unacceptable you should be in prison for that sir you should be shamed for that sir but instead not talking about it or and then still keeping the issue about the anthem protests over the murdering of innocent black people. Right. If we don't stand up for the values that we've all agreed upon as the purpose of our country, we have no country. It could crumble so fast. You could see Russia's infiltrating it now. And 
we might not have a country where you could even save $200 a month because there won't be a country. We could have this mass, we could have civil war again. We could be infiltrated. We could be attacked. We could lose our respect in the world. We could drop off the map, and there's no America anymore of what you care about. You wouldn't be able to wear these shorts publicly. It's not even, it's a choice you're making. You wouldn't be able to be a gay man out and out in the open if we weren't for the progress, progression of our country and the evolution of us as people. So I just hope that we remind ourselves that while self-interest is important, who we are is much more important at the core. Thank you guys so much for being here. Lisa Curry and Robert Hines on the left. Jeffrey Mark Klein and Brian Suits on the right. See you guys next time on We The People. Bring your friends. Good night. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.